Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am the ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the ferryman of souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. Binge the season of The Passage now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. I'm Buzz Knight, the host of Taking a Walk, Music History on Foot. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. And leave us a review, just like uh, Jack Holbrook did. And he says that he really loves the podcast because it's for music lovers. Or Jesse MC, who said, I just listened to uh, the John Anderson episode and absolutely loved it. I love how on uh, Taking a Walk, it has connected me with some music that I've newly discovered. Uh, Amanda Shires is an example on a past episode. Um, The Cadillac 3 Band is another example. And uh, today, we're going to turn you on to something that uh, defies categorization and someone who's very special. Charles Wilson III, a.k.a. Blackbox is a neoclassical pianist. I don't believe uh, anything sounds like uh, his music. 
Um, he fuses hip hop and classical and jazz into this uh, delectable brew. He's uh, going to be appearing at the City Winery uh, in Boston on uh, February the 24th, and he'll be out on tour uh, elsewhere throughout the country. Please welcome to Taking a Walk Music History on Foot, Black Bach. Black Bach, it's so great to meet you. Thank you for being on uh, this virtual edition of uh, Taking a Walk. It's uh, really uh, a pleasure to meet you. Uh, thank you for having me here. What's the first moment you remember being moved by music? <laughs> oh, this is a great story. Um, the first time I remember being mu- moved by music was a piano recital I played when I was very young. Um, I, as I recall, I was playing Mozart's Sonata. And um, when I finished the piece, I, I guess everybody understood that this little kid playing this piece was quite a challenge. So when I stepped off, I took my bow and I walked off stage. And right as I walked off, I, I sighed really big. I went, whew. And the audience just burst into laughter. Like they knew. They, it's like that instant connection. And that was the first time I realized that what I'm doing in front of these people really connects with them in a deep way. They understood what I was going through. They understood what I was feeling. And from that moment on, I knew that music was something I wanted to do for the rest of my life. You were hooked. I was hooked. (laughs) What was life uh, like growing up in the uh, inner city of Detroit? Ooh, it had, it had its ups and downs. Um, one of the things that my mother, it's funny that I just, I just saw my mother a few weeks ago and she said these words. She said, just because you grow up in the ghetto doesn't mean you have to have a ghetto mentality. And she's always been that person. Just because our environment was one thing does not mean that our minds have to be part of that environment. And I will admit, I did all the crazy stuff. <laughs> but at the same time, I took piano lessons every Saturday and I practiced throughout the week. And sometimes my friends would be, you know, wanted me to come outside and play. And it wasn't that because I had to practice. Um, But I think very much Detroit shapes the musician that I am. It showed me that there's more than one angle or there's more than one perspective of what music can be or should be or can be perceived by people. Um, you know, being like I said, a hip hop kid, like I listen to it's it's funny, I would listen to say uh Ice Cube and then in the same moment I'd listen to Tina Turner and the next moment I'd listen to Tchaikovsky. So my mother never had a real issue with me and my listening and the fact that Ice Cube was part of the mix because he was part of the mix. It wasn't just like one thing. Um but growing up in the city of Detroit is amazing. The music community is everything and the people are so welcoming and so knowledgeable and they took me in and I'm a product of my environment. What's the first concert that you ever went to? Oh, the first concert I ever went to that I can remember was at the Fox theater. And I saw my favorite artist. His name is Andres Voldenweider. He's an electroacoustic harpist. Um, and I can remember that concert. So like, I, if I close my eyes, I can remember it. 
And uh, it's been very influential in my music because he is a musical storyteller. And I consider myself a musical storyteller as well. Did you know at that moment how special seeing that concert was? No, at that moment, I, I didn't realize how special it was. I think I realized that it was special, but I didn't realize how special uh, that it would be something later that I would be influential into my own artistry. Uh, I just thought it was really cool. I mean, there was like the drummer had this big piece of metal that hung from the ceiling and he was playing it. And it, it was just like, wow, you know, as a kid, you see that stuff and you're like, you know, your mind is blown. Um, but did I have, did I know that it would affect my music in, in the way it has? No, I didn't know at that time. And the rest of your influences are so uh, diverse. Can, can you maybe walk us through some of those other influences? Oh yeah. Um, one of my hip hop influences is Busta Rhymes. I love his, his use of melody. I love his use of rhythm. Um, one of my uh, classical influences, I'm a very big fan of Chopin. I'm a big fan of Florence Price. I'm a fan of Tchaikovsky. Uh, I'm a flan fan of Debussy, which I play on my shows. Um, uh, R&B, and, and I'm a Motown kid through and through. I mean, it runs through my veins. It's amazing. My father's from Detroit and my mother's from Memphis. So stacks and Motown are just a part of my DNA. Um, and uh, I also listen to everything, Celtic music. I listen to um, the Brazilian music. I listen to music from all over the world. Uh, I just think everything has its place and its time and its uh, its story, its own personal story. And I, I just love diving into those stories and seeing what I can discover. Is there one person from those influences from many, 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 many years mm -hmm. ago that you, you wish you could, you, you wish you could meet. And, and what would you say to whoever that is? Oh, well, uh, Biggie Smalls, I can't meet him, <laughs> but if I could, I would just say, you know, I think I would say to all of them, thank you for being the most unique you. Thank you for being you. You you know, that's what shows in the music is that we get a piece of who this person is. And I, I think that's the most important thing is that as musicians, we always show up as our very unique selves and uh, convey that message to our audience. So I think I would just thank them for being them. Yeah. So you went on tour with some fairly... Uh... Uh, noteworthy characters in your yeah. career. Uh, yeah. uh, Justin Timberlake, mm -hmm. uh, Rihanna, mm -hmm. uh, John Mayer. Mm -hmm. uh, what were those experiences like? Oh, those were awesome. I think those are some of, you know, there's a reason why each one of them are the A-list of musicians and performers that they are. Um, I think one of the things I learned from them all is how to be that type of performer um also how to command a stage in a way that um, others do not know um how to run a business how to be a, a professional these things are 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 things that have to be they have to exist for these people to be who they are you know what would justin timberlake be like if he never showed up for an interview on time or what would Brianna be if she never got on stage and commanded the stage like she did recently at the Super Bowl, you know? So 
that those experiences very much taught me how to be uh, that person and how to sit in that role. And I wouldn't give that those experiences up for the world. Those were some of the most awesome times. That's almost like uh, like an MBA course, isn't it? Yeah, it's like pop one hundred and one, pop music one hundred and one. I have chills just thinking about that. Yeah, it was. It's honestly, you know, like I said, the top of the top in seeing how they uh, put together a production, put together a show, how it all you know unfolds with their business and with their team and with their schedules, and um, just being up close to that energy allows you to to learn from it. If you take the moment, if you take the opportunity, the initiative to learn, you can see it all. It must, when you see them perform from afar, must really uh, tickle you. Yeah, it always makes me laugh. You know, the thing that makes me laugh most is when I'm in the grocery store and one of their songs come on. Or if I'm in the grocery store and then, you know, a Rihanna song comes on, a Justin song comes on, a Backstreet Boys song comes on, and a John Mayer song comes on. I just crack up. I'm like, oh, they just nailed it all. So you've had some mentors that have uh, impacted you uh, in your life. It certainly sounds like um, your parents would be included in that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, any other mentors? Oh, my piano teacher from my, my youth, his name is Thomas Schwartz. Um, some of the Detroit jazz legends, um, Teddy Harris and Marcus Belgrave and Thomas Beans Bowles and Charles Bowles and uh, – Harold McKinney and so many others, Michael Coker throughout my career. Um, my good friend, Kevin Antunes, who uh, gave me my first opportunity with Justin Timberlake. Um, and then, you know, the, the co-chair of my label, Billy Mann and his partner, Benton James. These have all been like people who have been very influential in my life. And um, I love them all dearly. <laughs> and, Conversely, are you mentoring anybody along your path? Absolutely. Yes. I think that it's very important that, that I, you know, pay it forward. Um, one of the things that recently happened, there's a five-year-old pianist just so happens. My first name is Charles and everyone calls me Charlie. And so happens this kid's name is Charlie and he's a five-year-old piano prodigy. I mean, this kid has so much figured out, um, at this point, and I just got to meet him in person in Grand Rapids. And after my show, he sat down and played a song for me. And, you know, his father is also a pianist and we just talk about his, his path and how to keep him on, uh, the straight and narrow to becoming the best version of who he will be. Um, so it's always important that I reach back and, and, and you know, mentor young people, um, and also I've become very active in uh, my own city in Detroit um, in the music scene. So yeah, definitely have to pay it forward. Why am I not surprised you would yeah. say that? Yeah. Uh, I, knew, I knew you would. Yeah. I'm amused on uh, your sense of humor. Uh, <laughs> the most recent one I was looking at uh, on uh, your, um, I think it was on TikTok was the uh, the push-up challenge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. How do you just, do you just l love to just throw that out and see what sticks? Is it just for fun? I mean, tell me about it. Yeah, like, I'm one of those people, I don't take myself too seriously ever. So me just doing fun stuff or, or, or making fun of myself or, you know, throwing myself on the floor or, or anything. Like, I'm always... Uh, 
intrigued by things that you know just make people laugh i think in some way i'm a bit of a comedian some way maybe maybe not i don't know um some people laugh at my jokes other other people don't but i think that there's a great connection and laughter and um like i said i'm just a funny i just love i don't know i just love humor i think comedians are the are the bravest people on earth and uh, i think musicians are right behind them so we're very much connected and uh yeah push-up challenges uh jokes on instagram jokes on uh youtube or or ig or tiktok it's just fun stuff and and who are the comedians that that you love Oh, of course, we've got to say Dave Chappelle, <laughs> of, course. of course. Yeah, um, but all the, I love uh, Sebastian Maniscalco. I love Dave. I love Kevin Hart. Um, Mike Epps is one of my favorites. Wanda Sykes. Uh, so I don't know. I just think these people are like superhuman. <laughs> so I would love to meet them all one day and uh, just sit down and have a chat. Well, there is a parallel because... I'm not a musician and I'm not a comedian and I marvel at both musicians and comedians for their uh, work ethic, their practice ethic uh, and how it just seems so effortlessly happens, even though it's obvious it's from hard work. Yeah. Very hard work. It's, it's uh, I definitely see the parallels as well. You know, there's a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes that uh, people don't see that uh, when they get on stage, it seems like, oh, it's so easy. You stand in front of a, uh, an audience and tell jokes or play music, and it's, it's not as simple <laughs> as you think. It comes from a lot of trial and error. The um, uh, composition George Floyd and the struggle for equality is uh, absolutely uh, chilling. Uh, and it's an incredible piece of work. Um, can you talk about, uh, the creation of that? Yeah. So essentially I set out to create an album, which was 10 songs. And when I finished the 10th song, the next day, the George Floyd incident happened. Um, and I got a call saying, Hey, don't take to the streets. Don't riot. Your people need to hear your voice sit down at the piano and express yourself. So as you hear in the piece, the beginning of the piece is so loud and it's thunderous and it's angry. And it is exactly what I felt in that moment was anger. And I was one way I could get it out. And it was just to bang on the piano with like all my might. And uh, as you hear throughout the piece, you'll hear each, each day of the expression um, in the beginning, like I said, I'm angry. And then you hear this very reflective, um, this reflective moment. Um, and then it goes back to anger. Like it, every day, this, as it was the news, you know, was going through, you know, as I would hear it every day, it was just like these emotions will go up and down. The idea of that piece is to end with hope that this doesn't happen again. So the last couple of days of the piece, writing the piece were, were a bit challenging to kind of push aside what I was feeling um, about the incident and, and repurposing and refocusing the energy, energy into hope. How do, we, how do I make an expression that says, let's be hopeful that this does not happen again? Um, 
So the piece was, uh, it, it, like I said, it wrote itself over, I think it was 11 days. And uh, it was a bit of a challenge because the things that were happening were happening in real time. Um, not like many of the other pieces where I'm drawing from information that may have happened or may not have happened yet. This was going on as I was writing. It's an amazing piece. Thank you. If a musician uh, who is struggling to find their voice and find their audience is listening to this podcast, what mm -hmm. advice would you give them? Ooh, I would say to take a moment to detach from everything that you do know and think about who you are, the sum of all the things that you are. And when you discover what that is, you will have discovered who you are authentically. And when you discover who you are authentically, speak authentically. Write authentically, perform authentically, um, be who you are. The world needs to hear who you are. They're waiting for your voice. Um, there's an audience for everything. So whatever it is that you're writing, never be afraid. Uh, I think one of the things we get bogged down is the question of who's going to listen to this. And I think that's an obsolete question because there's always someone who listens to, there's an audience for everything. Um, so the idea is to approach it with uh, the sensibility that whatever I create, there is an audience for it. So that means I can create authentically. So uh, you have the city winery uh, date in Boston that we mentioned mm -hmm. uh, earlier as I mm -hmm. uh, introduced you um, and the other dates, of course, where mm -hmm. you're performing. If someone's never seen you perform live, what can they expect? Uh, they can expect great storytelling. They can expect an emotional experience. Uh, they can expect to be taken into places that they may not have thought about before. Um, people cry at my shows. I think if, if, if I don't see tears, I didn't do my job. Uh, you can expect to be taken on this wild adventure. And the beauty of the adventure is that you are the co-creator of it. I am just uh, putting the canvas up and you are the painter. So uh, I think that's one of the great things about my shows is that um, everyone gets to experience it their own way. I'm grateful I got to uh, talk with you and uh, thank you for your insights and uh, thank you for the gift that you give us. Oh, thank you, Buzz. This was awesome. Taking a Walk with Buzz Knight is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am the ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the ferryman of souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This 
road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tail. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. Binge the season of The Passage now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. This season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then, fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd.